0: Hello and welcome to the Journalism.co.uk podcast. My name's Millie Martin and I'll be your host this week while Jacob Grange is away. Each week we bring you the most interesting conversations from around the media industry. Today, we're talking about how to diversify tech journalism and make it more engaging to a wider audience. As an industry that's often stigmatized for being difficult to understand, highly specialist and male dominated, tech journalists have their work cut out to persuade new audiences why it's a subject they should be engaging with. My guest today is Amy Lewin, deputy editor at Sifted, the new media platform that aims to provide the most comprehensive coverage of Europe's startup world. Backed by the Financial Times, Sifted was launched in January 2019 by founders John Thornhill and Caspar Woolley. Sifted aims to provide original and insightful coverage that supports Europe's next generation businesses, especially the 630,000 technology-led startups across the region. We'll be talking about the wider importance of tech journalism, where the industry's diversity gaps lie, and what can be done to address them. Ultimately, Amy wants tech journalism to come into the mainstream media. She says that every business will be a tech business before long, so there's no better time for people to start engaging in this type of journalism. More on that later, but for now, this. As well as great editorial content, journalism.co.uk provides a range of training for journalists, editors, and media professionals. Join us on the 20th of September for a six-week mobile journalism masterclass led by Rob Montgomery, author of the smartphone video storytelling book. For that course, and all other great courses we run, head over to www.journalism.co.uk forward slash courses. So, Amy, welcome. Um, how are you doing? How's work at the moment? It's it's a bit slow actually
1: in terms of the news because, um, as if we write really about startups and tech, and all the investors seem to go on holiday in the summer, and uh, we cover Europe and lots of Europeans seem to take the whole of July and August off. But we're growing quite fast, so there's a lot of stuff happening um, behind the scenes, which is quite quite
0: fun. Yeah, lots on the horizon. Um, Can you start by telling us about what the original motivation was behind the launch of Sifted? What are you aiming to achieve? Sure. So Sifted's um, founder
1: is a man called John Thornhill, who has been at the FT his entire career. Um, He climbed his way up to Deputy Editor. And he's always been super interested in tech and innovation. And he was writing a lot about these kind of big tech companies. And the FT wasn't covering or isn't still isn't covering the kind of earlier stage tech companies. And John thought, You know, this is these are kind of the big businesses of the future. Someone, you know, there's a big opportunity to be covering them and to be focusing on them in Europe because a lot of tension goes to Silicon Valley and what's happening over there. So John set up Sifted. I joined as the first employee, which was really fun because, you know, we had a tone of voice to create and, you know, a newsletter to try out um and a website to launch and you know we've been on that whole whole journey but we're still very true to that kind of being the media publication and the voice of startups and tech in europe
0: Mm. and you mentioned about how um the sifted brand is backed by the financial times Um, what would you say are the values that align um with the two um companies and where do you differ what are you trying to do differently
1: Sure. So um, I guess we hold ourselves to the same sort of journalistic standards as the FT. So um, being very rigorous, um, being, you know, very um, objective, um, being, we like to think of ourselves as the kind of critical friend of startups. So we're not there to just cheerlead this industry. If it messes up, we will call them out. But we're also not there to kind of assume that all tech must be terrible. from from the off. And where we differ, I'd say is we our tone of voice is more um, conversational, we're a bit less formal, we are trying to engage with a slightly younger readership. Uh, We throw in some emojis, occasionally. Um, So it's really about I think it's really kind of in the tone is where we we differ the most trying to be a bit more
0: approachable than the FT perhaps. Approachability is certainly important to strive for, but it can be difficult to achieve. Tech and business journalism often has negative connotations about being boring and confusing, especially amongst young people. The Reuters Institute Digital News Report from 2019 found that young people want news access to be easy and entertaining, but they also want it to be authentic, fair and meaningful. This presents a challenge. How to make tech journalism feel relevant to younger audiences without patronising readers by dumbing it down. Let's hear from Amy about how Sifted strikes the balance.
1: I think for starters, we try to never assume that someone should understand. Um, So I say to people a lot, if you're explaining what this business did to your grandma and your grandma didn't understand, then you've not done your job properly. Um, so any sort of jargon, and there's a lot of jargon in tech, um, you know, that we need to we need to explain what it does. So we don't just say this business is a robotic processing automation startup. Like, what the hell does that mean? You, you need to describe it. This is a business which does X, Y and Z, which people need for these reasons so we try and take that approach there's obviously a little bit of jargon like in startup land people like to talk about things called like unicorns which are billion companies that are valued at a billion dollars or more but we try and sort of use that jargon but then also stick in the explanation even though we know most of our readers will understand that we know that some of our readers won't so we're trying to cater to them without I guess like dumbing it down Um, too much. So so I think that's one way we make it approachable. Another way is um, a lot of startups are quite kind of consumer facing, or they are, they're, they're doing things in response to the way that we are all living our lives differently. And people are, you know, everyone is interested in that. So at the moment, I've been writing a lot about the on demand grocery companies. So these companies are sort of all over the place at the moment that offer to deliver you bananas in 10 minutes kind of delivery style but for groceries um and and a lot of just everyday people were interested in that because you can see their adverts all over cities and then the investment community are very interested in that because heaps of money is going into it so there you're kind of writing about something that is of interest to people who are coming at it from lots of different perspectives so that's that's a case of kind of picking those stories to tell that you know
0: reach beyond
1: this kind of niche community.
0: I guess that's kind of the public interest factor, right? People will always be keen to read about things they feel directly impact their lives. And I guess the tech industry does, even if they don't know it yet. Do you find this poses any particular challenges? Well, I think actually a challenge we have is
1: is to not only write about those businesses that are maybe more consumer facing or other kind of tools you might use at work and and things so one of our reporters maya really focuses on what is called deep tech which is basically kind of the type of technology that is actually really really hard to understand and very scientific so it's maya's job i guess to write about flying cars or drones that can deliver you food or um kind of solar panel technology or gigafactories which are these like enormous factories that are of building kind of the batteries of the future and put that into a context where you're not like, oh, what's a gigafactory? You're like, whoa, we need this because, you know, cars are going, you know, the car industry is going in this direction and this industry is going in this direction. Um, so she's kind of a harder task. And I guess we as a company need to make sure we're always writing about those kind of businesses as well, even though they might be harder for lots of us journalists to get our head around because, you know they're they're equally important and interesting, just perhaps
0: a little bit harder to understand on the surface. And obviously, since you launched in 2019, you've had um, some great success. You've achieved 500,000 monthly visitors on your site and 80,000 subscribers to your newsletter. What do you think it is about Sifted that makes it stand out and and makes it so popular? Well, we want to we want many many hundreds of thousands more. Um,
1: readers eventually but i think we we have tapped into a need which is that uh the european startup and tech ecosystem is growing more and more investment is going into this sector and companies are getting bigger and then people are leaving those companies to start new companies um and as i said earlier a lot of focus is still on the us And if we can become kind of the go to place for someone who wants to learn about what's going on, whether that's because you're an investor who wants to know what you should be investing in. Or if you're um, a person who's interested in joining a startup and wants to know which are the cool ones to go and work for. um, Or if you're someone who has started, um, started a startup, a founder, and you want to learn from other founders who are like further along and hear the kind of challenges that they went through and things like, that is what we do. So for all of those people, we are hopefully becoming a place that you, you come to, to read about things that will hopefully make you better at your job.
0: A 2019 survey by Her Majesty's Treasury found that only one in three UK entrepreneurs is female. The access that women have to funding and networks is a large driver of this problem. Last year, only 1% of the total funding spent on startups went to businesses run by women. And shockingly, women of colour received just 0.2% of that investment. Despite initiatives by the likes of STEM Women and Morgan Stanley that have tried to bring more women into the tech sector, this is still a very bleak picture. Let's go back to Amy, who can explain how Sifted are trying to bridge this gap. Um, So right from the start of Sifted, we said, okay,
1: so it might be the case that it's mostly men raising money but we don't have to therefore only focus on the companies have raised the most money we can focus on other things instead and we should always strive to make sure that we in you know if we speak to multiple people for an article at least one of them should be a woman and ideally one of them should be a person of color and that we should make sure also visually on the site that there are images of those people so if you come to sifted we hopefully sort of show the kind of visually represent the kind of ecosystem we would like to see even if that's not kind of how it is at the moment um and i think those things are important we wrote recently about a company called afrocentrics which um creates like hair and beauty products for people with curly hair like a lot of people with afro hair and it's run by two black women and they were the um only the ninth uh black women to receive funding since I can't remember when but for a really really long time and that article did super well like it wasn't it wasn't a like massive fundraise but people care about that and that got shared and we could have sort of said oh we're not writing about that because that's you know too insignificant around but we knew that there were kind of other issues at stake there so we covered it so that's that's one thing kind of how we how we write stories we also for example we would never run what we call a mannel so never do a kind of pan you know because we run events as well we've never have a panel where all of the people on the panel are men and and like the the journalist from sifted doesn't count because actually most of our journalists are women uh, they don't count for the the gender quota and then another thing is with hiring, um, we're definitely not perfect. So, um, in terms of our gender balance, we're really great at sifted. In terms of ethnic diversity on the editorial team, we're really bad at the moment, and we know that's something we're trying to change across the whole of the team much better. And that's um, we just we try to put more effort into recruiting in terms of the job descriptions we write. We don't put you know that we need someone to have five years of experience if we don't you know we put that you need to have these particular skills or you need to have you know had experience doing this specific thing that we do actually need them to have Um, our internship program we pay our interns you know there are just things we try and do because we know that the media industry is really not very diverse and there are very easy things you can do to do your bit to improve that and we're trying to do them.
0: I was wondering, um, just kind of from that vein, um, what do you do to kind of engage more uh, female readers on the site um, or in, also to encourage them and to kind of give them opportunities um, to to kind of help them start their careers in this way?
1: I think it comes back to that representation point. So recently, for example, um we wrote about someone who had been promoted in an investment firm, and she was kind of their first, I think, female partner. So partner's kind of the highest up uh, person in an investment firm. And then as part of editing that article, I asked, how many? do we know how many female partners there are in investment firms, at VC firms in Europe? And we didn't. So then I tweeted it, and then no one knew. And then people started getting it. And then we said, hey, let's create a database then. And we put out a kind of request and all these people <clears throat> sent us names. And then we turned that into an article, a resource for anyone to see. And then we replicated that with um, female angel investors, who are the people who invest much earlier on in a startup, right? Relative bunny quotes, small quotes small checks that maybe several several, t- you know, tens of thousands of pounds, but for these investors, that's, you know, fine. Um, and then again, we've kind of crowdsourced this list. Um, so that doing things like that will bring you more female readers, for example, because, and also I think very importantly, shows that we are a media organisation that cares about things like that. And I think that says a lot. It's really important for your brand. Um, and I think things like that, Someone who is, say, a female founder, if we did something similar for a different underrepresented group, it sticks in those readers' minds, and that's really important.
0: What more needs to be done, do you think, to make this industry um, more engaging and more inclusive for a wider audience? (sighs) There's lots of things that can be done. Um,
1: Big things that would make a difference are um, the people who give people money. Um, doing things differently. Uh, one massive change that could happen is that the um, European Investment Fund, um, kind of this big European bank, is is the largest investor in this industry. They put money into the venture capitalist funds that then invest in startups. So they're the kind of like further up investor. And they, for example, could have mandates that they have to put X amount of or X percent of their money into um, investment firms that say we only invest in women or that say we only invest in founders of color or that say we invest in at least 50 percent founders of color things. And it, I mean, that all goes into, I guess, the debate around quotas that we have for all different types, you know, things of life but the 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 like the european investment fund will st- it already has funds to help certain industries so for example like space technology so kind of why can't it do that for women as well so so there are things that the kind of big like policy makers and like the really big big guys can do um, and then, and then it also comes down to if investment firms have more women on their teams, women tend to invest more in women. Um, if businesses make sure that they, you know, their their board has women on, or their um, leadership team is gender diverse and ethnically diverse, and diverse in all sorts of other ways. So it's kind of, I think, basically everyone in the whole ecosystem has a part to play. Um, but I, I honestly don't know what how long it will take and what could be done to make it happen a lot faster than it's
0: happening now mm. I guess you need sort of collective action among many different firms do you see any of the um, other your sort of tech competitors and other tech companies doing this well
1: no I don't I don't think so. I think we do partly stand out because people are aware that we care about this stuff um, and we and we write about it and I think it's notably absent from lots of our competitors that they just don't write about diversity and what's going on and what needs to happen as much.
0: Where would you like to see um, the tech tech journalism industry in 10 years' time?
1: Oh, why would I like to see? I think, again, I'm just a broken record. bit more diverse would be um, pretty nice. Um, I'd like it to be not so much of a niche anymore. You know, every business will be a tech business before long. Um, So that that would be pretty cool to see.
0: Do you have any words of advice for listeners who are just starting their careers in tech journalism? Being a journalist who has a
1: kind of specialism just go like go really deep into it dive head first into this thing go to as many events as you possibly can meet as many people add them on LinkedIn like show that you you really like get the industry you're writing about you care about it become part of it people kind of open up a lot more if they don't feel like you're a journalist who's kind of interrogating you but they feel like
0: someone who gets them who's having a conversation with them I think that helps Finally, what's the most important skill you need to do your job and how do you get better at it? Be really good communicator. Um, so
1: that's both in terms of making sure that people understand what you mean, that you're on their side, um, that you're trying to help them get better. But also like listen really carefully to them. What do they need? What are they struggling with? What's going on there? To really treat your the people you work with as your your team and you're like you're all in this together um and know that the the better they get the better you all get um I think that's really important as well Amy Lewin
0: thank you very much thank you this has been uh, very enjoyable it was really interesting talking to Amy. My biggest takeaway is that it's going to take a collective effort to diversify the tech industry. While big investors and policymakers like the European Investment Fund do need to take the lead, smaller firms and businesses also have a responsibility. They can start by ensuring their companies are more gender and ethnically diverse, not just within the wider team, but also within leadership. If you like what you heard today, you can check out more of our episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And all you have to do is search and subscribe to the Journalism.co.uk podcast. If you'd like to feature on the show, you can email our regular host, Jacob Granger, on Jacob@journalism.co.uk. He'd love to hear from you. That's all we have time for today. I've been your host, Millie Martin. Thanks so much for listening.